do you feel personally you work for yourself or do you feel you work for the company? I feel in the shift of our modern workday, our modern workforce, more and more individuals are in fact recognizing that everything they do, every ounce of energy they put into something actually is being investing in themselves. Welcome, 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 everyone. And this, of course, is Talent Experience Live, the show that covers everything that you need to know in talent acquisition, talent management, recruiting, as well as human resources and kind of overall work in general. I am your host, Devin Foster. And Talent Experience Live, of course, is proudly brought to you by the good folks here at Phenom, whose purpose is to help a billion people find the right job. Today, I have a very special guest. And today, I'm excited to talk about the topic that we have at hand. I am joined by JD, who is another member of our marketing team here. He's a marketing leader. JD, welcome to the program. How I are you? always love being on the program. I appreciate being welcome back. Uh, it's a good day. We got a lot of energy, a lot of yeah. excitement, as you yeah. mentioned, for I am Phenom, and yeah. I think we got a great topic today. Yeah, we do today. We are talking about the modern workday, JD. Uh, we're coming up on the three-year anniversary of when the world stopped. Right? It's not a happy time for any of us to look back. Terrible, terrible things happen, but things are beginning to return to normal. I can speak firsthand to this. I went on a morning run. People are already running red lights again. They're rolling through stop sign, all in the name of getting to work on time, but some things have changed, right? Some things are returning to quote unquote normalcy, but the workday I think has, has changed. All of a sudden we now leverage as teams, scheduled messages, calendar blocks, snoozed notifications. We're going to get into all of that today. But the first thing that I want to ask you, JD, is what do you think the modern workday is? Do you think it, it truly has changed from three years ago? Because I certainly do. Yeah, it, it's definitely changed. I mean, it's changed for all of us, but let's put it in context like we like to do. And I think this we play really well together. The context of the modern workday changing really is for what we would call knowledge workers, right? Office workers, because I don't think it's changed much for hourly workers or folks working retail, folks working hospitality, like those jobs never changed, right? Have they? Parts, maybe. I think there was a, a huge conversation. We talked about it last year about wages and, mm -hmm. and compensation in those yes. roles because, for lack of a better term, those those folks, they stepped up when, mm -hmm. when we needed them, right? And a, a lot of these conversations happen. But you're right. When it comes to the work day, when a store opens or a restaurant opens, you need employees there, right? There's no yeah. strolling in a little bit late or, or any, there's no zoom meetings. There, for, there's, I, I haven't heard it. I haven't heard. Yeah. I haven't heard any, uh, you know, retail or food service workers say I have a flex schedule, right? Like, <laughs> well, I had to walk my dog in the morning. So I came into work, you know, 20 minutes later than I normally would have come in. You don't hear that, right? They're still punching in and punching out. So for a lot of the workforce out there, what we want to start exploring today and the topic of has it changed? What does it feel like? What does it look like? Really in the context of knowledge workers, for, for most people, it, it did change. And is it going back? Is it not going back? Is it called hybrid? Is it called remote work? I know this episode and show isn't about all of those topics. We're going to actually get into the more nuanced, I quite frankly think more fun <laughs> debates I wanted to call name this episode this or that, yes. right? This yeah. or that. Like, 
do you take lunch breaks anymore? I would love to hear from the LinkedIn audience or Facebook audience, whoever's joining us. Do you take a lunch break anymore? How has simply a lunch break changed from back in 2019 to now? Because I will tell you, for me personally, rarely do I have a lunch break anymore. What about you? Almost never. Um, And I'll, I'll say this even from a hybrid perspective. When I'm at home, I'm not in the office. I'll run downstairs. I'm a sucker for Eggo waffles. I'll toss them in the toaster. But I still have my phone with me. And if I have a Slack message, I run upstairs, answer the Slack message, run back down, put my butter and my syrup on. And then I I continue and and work from my (laughs) desk, right? Like I I always kind of did that. But gone are the days where I am meeting up with a colleague and saying, hey, you want to go grab a bite real quick? You want to sit down and, you know, have an actual meal at lunch? Yeah, well, I'm going to rat on you. I happen to know a little bit about you. And what you said was, ab- what he said was absolutely true. What Devin said was true. But but that's not all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Don't don't you secretly go on runs once in a while in the middle of the workday? I do, I do. And this is, a, it, I used to do it quite a bit. Uh, <laughs> so for those of you um, who aren't familiar with what my workday looks like, um, Back in 2019, I would I would run around our, our office complex. I wanted to get my exercise in and help me clear my head, come up with some ideas. Fast forward into 2020, I stopped doing that from, from home because I didn't have my commute or anything yeah. like that. And there's a ton of conversations about simulating commutes. But now that things are, my, my calendar looks crazy, JD. I don't know about yours. It's Zoom meetings. It is all sorts of things that I can't step away. So occasionally I will... What, and this is another topic we're going to get into yeah. later, block off some time on my calendar to go run and, and, and get some of those endorphins but, in my body. So we can, we can work, we can work any different way we want on yeah. your show, which is, which is great about this, sir, right? Yeah. We can topics. So let's just hit on that one. Yes. Is it acceptable to block off your calendar for lunch? You can call it lunch. You can call it exercise. You can call it anything you want. Is it acceptable? Are you asking me or the well, audience? we got a comment. We, 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 we do have some comments. I, I I missed who. There it is. Is it Matt? Matt's got a comment. This is my lunch break. Like you're on lunch break right now. <laughs> yeah. This is awesome. Thanks for joining us for your lunch. Uh, you know, send over a little DoorDash order to us. Dev and I are going to be hungry later as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would say, I think there is. Yeah. It is acceptable to block off time on your calendar, but I think there also is an asterisk next to what next is that? I believe if there are high priority things going on. We mentioned at the top of the program, JD, we have a conference coming. Yes. It is all hands on deck to make sure that we provide the best experience for our customers, our prospects, our speakers, everyone in between. Does that mean that it is potentially appropriate for somebody to block on your calendar or double book you where you have lunch? I think so. And I think we are all of that understanding when things happen. And we're also not going to chastise anyone for perhaps keeping their camera off and eating and saying, I don't want to stuff my face while we have this conversation. Um, but that flexibility, I think makes it okay. Um, it may be rude for somebody to put a recurring meeting mm-hmm. on that time. If you're the only person that isn't available. So I think circumstances are, are circumstantial JD when it yeah. comes to this, but gone are the days where I think there are dedicated times where offices essentially shut down between the hours of 1130 to 1230 or 12 to one or whatever that may look like. Well, let's see some of these comments and why we do that. I thought TXL stood for town experience lunch, but, but you're (laughs) saying that that it's town experience live, not not town experience lunch. So what kind of comments do we have up here, Justin? 
Matt again. Yes, totally acceptable to block off time. Acceptable to block off time. This is from, is it? Bertha, I believe. Bertha, Bertha thanks, yes. Bertha. Uh, well-being should be first. Well-being absolutely is critical and important. Yeah. I think we're seeing that. Like, I'm looking across the screen here. 30-minute lunch break a day helps my mental health. Sarah Williamson, can we flash that one up? This is pretty good, right? 30 minutes uh, break a day helps my mental health. Absolutely, mental health is critical. I think what we're seeing here and what even what I feel personally is a break is very acceptable. Um, in our environment, sometimes for Phenom, I know we've got tight schedules. We have lots of meetings. You have a lot of things going on right now, as you mentioned, from a conference perspective. So quite frankly, sometimes it's hard to get a break in any given eight, nine, 10 hour period, five hour period, it doesn't matter. It's hard to get a break. Yeah. So by trying to in advance reserve that spot, I think that's healthy and it's and it's good. It's a good thing. Um, I think knowing the deadlines and pressing deadlines that we have here, it's also acceptable at times that, that we end up booking over that. And you're saying that. The key word for me was flexibility in this approach, right? We, the episode was, you know, one size does not fit all. Yeah. I think that holds true. So from a phenom environment, um, I think it holds true. We have flexibility in here yeah. and we are enabled to carve that time out for ourselves. If that time cannot be carved out because everyone is booking every given moment you have at work, then then you have to feel enabled to block that time out. Yeah. But you also have to understand it at times that there might be a conflict that needs to override that particular day, whether it's a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, whatever the case is. And I'll, I'll share my experience, JD. I know when I look to block off time to, to go on my runs, as, as you mentioned, I will do it the morning of. So Monday morning, I, I log in, I look at what my calendar looks like for the day. I know we have some recurring meetings and things like that so that I can adjust for my mental health break or for that time to grab lunch or whatever that may be. If it's a crazy day and I have to be flexible, as you mentioned, yep. Perhaps that doesn't happen. Maybe I am eating at my desk as I'm, you know, chopping up videos for the show or coming up with topics, whatever that may be. But it is depending on the situation. Now, I want to ask you a question mm -hmm. around, you know, folks who who have dedicated this time, and it, this is for the audience as well. If you do dedicate that time, you take your your full hour lunch break, and things are happening. Do you work after hours? I think is is a fair question. Are you still responding to slacks at six, seven o'clock at night or what that may be? And are you okay to do that because you did dedicate that time to yourself? Ooh. Is that a fair question? I think the question that we really want to explore yeah. is very similar to what you're asking, but I don't think it ties into necessarily whether you can take lunch or not or block off lunch or not yeah. or anything like that. I think the bigger question our modern day you know, kind of work day is, is it acceptable to work quote unquote after hours? Yeah. Is it acceptable to put extra time in? But to your point, it might not be extra time. Yeah, You may have needed that flexibility at any time during that day or even during the week. And now is it acceptable? Do you put in the time afterwards to make up for it? Yeah. I don't, what do you do? I, I do. I can tell you that it, 2019, I got into the office probably eight, eight 30 mm -hmm. on a regular basis. Now train schedules have changed. Um, I can't get to the office before nine, right? I, I can, but I have a daughter at home. My life has changed. I think everyone's lives have changed and there are circumstances that you can't control. With that being said, 
if someone slacks me when I'm at the gym at five o'clock in the morning from one of our European offices, mm -hmm. I'm going to respond because I'm awake, I'm alert, and I can mentally do that, right? I can figure things out. If they need an asset or something, I'll say, hey, wait till I get into the office. But same thing being said for the end of the day, mm -hmm. right? The train schedule has changed. I leave a little bit earlier than I used to previously. I'm still going to respond to slacks after hours. And that's because I know what my standard was previously. And this is just unique to me. I'm not saying that this is the right way or anything in between, but everyone's balancing a thousand things. It's it's what we talked about during the pandemic where you know, folks are, are caring for their little ones. Things have changed and they're going to work as hard as they can to get the work done when they yep. have availability. Right. Yep. So I think for me, it's okay to do that, but that may not be the case for someone else. No, you're keying in once again on, on flexibility, right? So flexibility in this topic, I will, I will tell you admittedly, I have no idea on any given week, how many hours I put in. I have none. And I have no idea on any given week, what any of the people around me put in. Yeah. I really don't probably for the last 10 years, I've never tracked how many hours I put in. Now, at the end of kind of any random given day, do you know whether you put in a 10-hour day or not? Yeah, you're like, wow, I put in a 10-hour day here. But for me personally, that doesn't dictate whether I work 10 hours in one more minute or whether I work six hours in no more minutes in a given day. Yeah, It doesn't. I don't measure hours worked. It's not a relevant statistic that I care to track. I love what I do, and therefore I do it. And, and I do it to the best level that I'm competent or I think I'm competent in. And I do it for the company as well. But I do it for me and I do it for the company, which is, I think, a topic we're going to get into a little later. Yeah. Right. We can maybe end with that one. Do yeah. you work for yourself or do you work for the company? I, I have a really interesting take on this that I'd like to share. Yeah. But this measuring of hours. Now, remember, for the audience, we're talking about knowledge workers. Right. Are you measuring hours in a day? I, I don't know. I think most modern right? Workdays are no longer measuring in counting hours. We're looking for efficiency, productivity, but we're not looking to measure hours. And I don't think employees are looking to have their hours measured as well, at least not in many environments. But again, one size does not fit all. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, there are roles and position contracted employees and things like that where they probably do measure hours. But when you think of full-time salaried employees, it's, it's not the same. And I can tell you right now from my particular mm -hmm. role, I measure our social statistics and they do not sync until Sunday, mm -hmm. right? I know they are vital for Monday morning meetings so that I can share what's working, what's not working. Um, I'm not tracking those hours. And I, I can tell you, I'm probably in the fall going to have some football on while I go through and do that, right? My day is going to be a little bit more lax. Um, as long as I can get these done. And that's simply because due to the constraints of the role, I can't do it during the normal workday. Mm -hmm. And I think there are a lot of different positions where you cannot accomplish things that we talk about timing and organizations being international now, JD, which is going to segue into our, our next topic. But if you're working with a team who is based in Europe or who is based in, in the far East or the middle East or wherever it may be, a meeting may have to happen at seven o'clock in the morning, right? Mm -hmm. For everyone to sync at that exact time. I don't think we can equate for that on a hourly basis. And I know I've, I've spoken with, with individuals, not at this company, but others mm -hmm. where 
they wake up at six o'clock in their morning and their workday ends at three or four, right? Or they don't come into the office when they have those mornings because it's vital yep. to meet with those teams. So, um, no, I don't, I don't think we track hours, but everyone does have that. I would say mental clock of, all right, I've, I've worked a lot today. Yep. Like I need that mental health break as Sarah pointed out in the comments. Yeah. I think that we're transitioning to have, have, do you feel like you accomplished enough today? Do you have anything else to give or accomplish that that you want to drive to? And when the answer is no, uh, just the other week, I I, I did leave the, early, the office, what I consider early for me personally, it was like 4, 4.30, mm -hmm. I think 4.30. And I said, I'm done. Like I'm, I'm mentally checked out. I was staring at my email. I was literally staring at my email and hitting the refresh button. And for me to even be an email, first of all, <laughs> <laughs> and then to be staring at it, hitting the refresh button is, is something that is like, okay, your, your mind is not there. Your, your creativity is gone. Your productivity is gone. It's time to walk out of the office mm -hmm. and it's time to get, get, get a change. So, you know, so I left, yeah. I put in more time later because that's me. Cause that works for me, mm -hmm. not, not what works for someone else, but I felt recharged again and I felt more productive and I had to get some things done. But at that moment, I was done for the day. How many hours I put in that day? I have no idea. I don't know. I, I'm not tracking it. I think more and more workers will continue to not track how much they do put in or how much they do not put in. Yeah. I, I mean, to a topic that you covered last year, annual reviews, right? Yes. Previously, annual reviews oftentimes looked like that where it's, hey, you know, I get in early. I'm the, the first in the building, last to leave, right? When not everyone's in the building every day. You can't track those hours, right? It's mm -hmm. not as visual, but you can certainly see what someone has accomplished, yes. what they've completed, what tasks they have. And I'll ask you, is that how annual reviews are, are trending from, from a manager's perspective? Is it looking at a list of accomplishments and um, tasks that are completed as opposed to clocking in and clocking out, right? Yeah, I, I, can't, I, I don't know of a, of a modern performance review or annual review review that has anything to do with what time someone is putting in. Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know of one. There are times where someone's performance feels like it needs to improve or is impacted. And if part of the reason is, well, like I, I, like I'm putting in as much as I can, then you have to start thinking, okay, well, well, that could be a concern to me as a leader, how much how much time are you putting in? Yeah. Like, what are you spending your time on? Because if you feel your time constrained, I probably need to help you with your priorities, right? I, I probably need to help with your schedule priorities. Are there other meetings like you don't have to attend because you're feeling it's time is a challenge for your performance, but th that's usually the only time it gets into it. That's fair. And I think it, meetings are a challenge now yes. with, with hybrid workplaces. We've talked about this at nauseum on this program, but conversations that used to be had in the office with just spinning around and asking, Hey, can you take a peek at this real quick? Can you look over my shoulder and see if this sounds right? That turns into a zoom meeting that could be five minutes. It could be 30 minutes. It, it could be any number of time, but it's a discussion of what's this for, yep. right? Whereas you can exchange information quite yep. quickly in the office. As we right? segue topics here to the next one, Justin, can we, can we throw up Matt's comment around 1222? Uh, and Matt's saying time tracking started with factory work and doesn't apply uh, well to the modern wor workday knowledge worker. I, I completely agree. I mean, this is just sums it up very well. So, yeah. you know, Matt, thanks for throwing that out there. We, we agree on this one. 
Is that Jared? Jared says productivity based on results versus time put in. I I agree as well. And this is a, a topic that we almost covered last week yeah. with with Cliff around Chat GPT and AI and the results of what you're producing. People feel very opinionated on that, yep. JD. If you're interested in learning more, definitely check out that episode. But again, results driven, um, how you got there doesn't really matter as long as you get that, yep. that final result. Let, let's go to some some quick hitter topics yes. that I think the audience is going to love. So so thanks for sticking with us. We, we have topics like uh, PTO, right? Is PTO paid time off the same now as before? And what about uh, let's little things like an out of office Right. Like I'm going on vacation. Do you let, let's jump to that one. Do you set up an out of office, Devin, when you when you're not around? I do not. Um, and that's personal preference for me. Yeah. Uh, I don't typically look at my email on a regular basis throughout the day. That's I probably get a slap on the wrist for that. Um, but a lot of my communications internal, mm -hmm. right, based on my position. So if someone needs something, they'll typically slack me. Right. I don't want to if. I get an email, direct someone to another member on my team with something that I can probably handle via mobile or via my laptop. I do always bring my laptop mm -hmm. with me on vacation, JD. And it is in case in case of emergency, right? I, I picked this up yeah. from you, break glass in case of emergency, like a fire extinguisher. But selfishly, I might watch Netflix on mm -hmm. my laptop on a plane ride, download a movie, whatever that may be. Nonetheless, I have that with me. So I don't put up an out of office. Yeah. I know some folks do and that it could be for a different yeah. circumstance. What about, about the audience? We'd love to hear from the audience. Do you do you leverage your out of office or don't you leverage your out of office? If you if you do or don't like tell us why I will say I've been back and forth mm -hmm. and my ability of using an out of office, I should say not my ability, but my viewpoint on, on out of office actually was shaped from a few previous employers ago. It was a small company and it was frowned upon at the time. We're going back over 15 years. It was frowned upon to use out of office. I was like, it's a small team. Why would you use out of office? It's almost like you're not doing your job. Yeah. So I, I was a little biased, right? Because I didn't know any different. When I worked for larger and larger companies, I recognized, wow, actually out of office is super helpful because I, I don't know when someone is, is or is not around. So if I send an email and I, and I need an action or I expect some type of reply and I realize that that can be around for a week, I can choose to go follow up and go chase someone else, right? Or email someone else and not. Um, I use them at times um, and I don't use them at times personally today. So there are times I do use them, times I don't use them. Sometimes there's no rhyme or, re or, or reason. Uh, I do consider myself always available no matter what anyway. Yeah. And on Slack, I actually really like now when I see someone's little red stop sign that's like out of office because Slack is, uh, in my case, the preferred method, Slack and text message, preferred mm -hmm. method of communicating with people, anything important or critical. So when I see that OOO, I go, okay, now I make the judgment call on whether I should send this Slack knowing someone's out or whether I should hold it and it can wait or whether I should go to someone else. So I do think in you know certain companies, it is a very good thing to leverage because it helps people be more effective and efficient with their time yeah. versus maybe that first company I worked for, it felt like it was a personal dig of whether you were doing your job or not. And now I have a different appreciation of it that it's really helpful. Yeah, I want to call out a, a couple of the comments here. I see Bertha says she leverages uh, out of offices due to her role, right, in, in recruiting. And I think that's a great point is yeah. that 
creating a, a best in class candidate experience starts with being transparent. And if you're not going to be able to get back to someone, especially if your information is on a job posting or something along those lines to reach out uh, to perhaps you, you Bertha, if they don't get a response, you want to let them know why I see Tom also chimes in Thomas, excuse me. Uh, he does not use an out of office as well. So maybe a similar situation to yeah. me. Uh, I will put one caveat. I did use one out of office and that was when I took my paternity, there leave. You go. but that's because I was gone for months. Right. Yeah. And I knew if anyone you know is a, is a parent, you know, you're not <laughs> any downtime you do have. You're probably not looking at your phone or, or for work during that time, but yeah. neither here nor there. I get off topic. Let's, let's continue down yeah, these quick hitters, JD. Um, the next one that I want to ask is scheduled messages. Mm. Now, this is something that is, is oftentimes leveraged in email, but I, I've seen an uprising of it in Slack or Microsoft Teams. I have a very opinionated stance on this, so I want to hold off in, with okay. my opinion, but I'll start with you if that's okay. Oh, yeah, I'll be glad to break the ice here. And audience, <laughs> please, are, are you using scheduled messages? Are you not using scheduled messages? Do you have a strong opinion of that as well? Devin clearly does, and we're going to get to his. Um, I will tell you, I dislike scheduled messages. But I will also tell you, I'm starting to use scheduled messages <laughs> more and more. I'm blowing my own mind. I don't know how to feel about this. I think there are some work environments that it is completely acceptable and understood that messages via email or Slack or any other method that you can send at any given time. And it's on the receiver to understand the urgency or priority and feel enabled not to take action right now. Yeah. Meaning if I get a message from a certain team member and it's 10 o'clock, 1030 at night, I, I may likely not have to reply. I can, I can wait till the next day, yeah. but depending on who sent it to me, maybe I will feel obligated to reply. Right? So, so I think there's, there's some ambiguity there related to what is the obligation to the person receiving the message. In our phenom environment, I think that obligation is really based upon the urgency of the message. I, I do. Not necessarily when it was sent. You, There's messages I ignore and they're sent to me at 10 a.m. <laughs> we all have that. You just leave it unread. It's a message sent to you at 10 a.m. You don't get to it till, till four o'clock in the afternoon. Well, is that rude? I don't know, it's based on priority. So what does it matter if you receive a message at 2 a.m. and you wait till 8 a.m.? What's the difference? I see your point to, yeah. to, to scheduled messages. I can say I'm not a fan. And the reason why I am not a fan is I think with this revolution of what the workday mm -hmm. looks like and the nine to five, I think essentially being extinct, right? Uh, rarely are somebody regimented to that particular time. You don't know when someone's going to be available, right? I'm available at, as I mentioned, five o'clock in the morning. And I, because I wake up at four 30, I go to bed a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. So if someone slacks me at 11 o'clock and I'm sleeping and I don't get to it right away, I'll respond to it in the AM. That doesn't bother me. What does frustrate me is when there are multiple messages that come through that I know are scheduled and I reach back out to someone and they're not ready to have that conversation, right? It's, if you are going to schedule a message, I hope it's because that's when you're available to respond, right? If you 
that that may be I may mm-hmm. be contradicting myself here, but it is, hey, it's 11 o'clock at night. I'm getting down for bed. I know I'm going to be back in at 9.07 tomorrow. I'm going to schedule it out for then when I'm ready to respond, right? Yep. That is where I think that it could be useful, but it does frustrate me when I get a scheduled Slack message at 6.30 and I respond, crickets, yep. right? That's, <laughs> that is what it is. So I think if you're ready to have that conversation, send it over also dealing with international teams does that mean that you should wait till the next time that they're available or if it's something that you want them to work on first thing in the morning why not send it at you know seven o'clock london time or whatever it is and with the context that hey don't worry about this till tomorrow but i wanted to make sure you had it for the next day it was a big big frustration mm-hmm. for me uh in my previous life when i worked for a, uh, a company on the West Coast. So I, I'm trying to be more sensitive of this particular topic and not necessarily even scheduled messages, but but like over the weekend, I'll think of, a, an, of an idea and I wanna ask someone about it or a team about it. And so what I have personally started doing is trying to make it, trying to enable the receiver to feel and clearly understand that a response right now is not needed. It is not urgent. Um, I, I don't care about the title I have. And many times the title I have in, in leading a marketing team, I don't recognize that it could make someone feel obligated to take an action. And I've never recognized that. I've never realized it or recognized it. I'm just a normal person like we're, we're, we all are just trying to work and get stuff done. So I've started doing things like literally saying at the start of Slack message, this is not urgent. However, throwing it out there because I, I don't, I don't, want to assume that the person receiving it, I don't want to assume they don't want anything to do with it until Monday morning. They, it may trigger some really creative thought in process. Heck, they may be working on something right now that that's helpful to them. But I, I want to try to do better with my messaging to, to them to know this is not urgent. So when they see it flash up, they go, okay, Okay, good. Maybe I'll start thinking about this, but uh, but no action is needed right now. Yeah. Like, there's no obligation. I think that's fair. I think I have a tendency to forget things mm-hmm. at times. Yes, um, which is a, a, a flaw on on my part. I need to be a better note taker. But at times, that is. I appreciate you sending a, a Slack message over the weekend, not urgent, mm-hmm. so that it stays top of mind. I can get my mind rolling. But I'll probably forget about it and need a refresher yeah. on Monday. Um, moving right yep. along, uh, what I wanted to ask you, Jadine, I think you kind of got into it there, but as a leader, obviously from the comment section and our opinions, people have different opinions on all of these different things that we covered. PTO, out of offices, scheduled breaks, um, scheduled messages, everything in between. How do you manage the, the different personalities on a team? Is there a holy grail that you say, you know, from nine to five, you're expected to work. I don't think you do that for the, for the record, but, um, other people, we have a different relationship than I'm sure other folks on the team. How do you manage those from a personality perspective? Well, one, I first of all, it's, I think it's an easy question to ask. It's a, a bit of a challenging question to answer. That's fair. So, I, so my approach, by the way, might necessarily not necessarily be a good approach or the right approach. And I, I want to just share that, right? Uh, what I found in even dealing with other leaders of other teams and in, in other companies, everyone has their own unique style and how they want to answer and handle the question you asked. What I try to do is I try to balance. I try to balance what I feel is healthy and good for the team or the individuals that I'm interacting with or working with. 
Um, and if I know certain uh, individuals are, are more sensitive to getting that message, that is when I mentioned my heightened awareness of, of either using a scheduled Slack, which yeah. I do not like doing, but I'm, <laughs> but I'm using more. And part of the driving reason is because um, maybe I think that individual is in fact checked out for the day. When I say checked out, not negative, checked out. I know they're in a, their home environment. I know they're with their family. I know they are willing to work extra where needed, but I also think they would rather see a message at 8.30 a.m. And, and feel like, okay, that's a message. It's time to get my day going. And, and like, that's a good thing to jump on. Then seeing it at 10.30 at night and that weighing on them through the night to do in the morning. Yeah. Uh, so I think it really depends on individuals and you have to get to know them. Uh, there's not a right or wrong here. Like that same individual I'm sensitive or individuals I'm sensitive of sending that message to that I might use scheduling. That doesn't mean I'm always sensitive to that individual or individuals. It doesn't mean that I always use a scheduled message. It depends on that urgency or the priority. Yeah. So I just think it's a balance. And some individuals have worked in cultures and worked in environments for years and years now where it's really a 24 by seven, I'm on. It doesn't mean 24 by seven, you have to do work. It doesn't mean 24 by seven, you have to answer to work or do work. It doesn't mean that. It just means you're open to understanding that work and personal overlap together. It will always be that way for the rest of their lives. And they learn how to balance that in what works for them what their flexibility is, what their expectations are. Yeah. And they're not intimidated or worried or concerned that a message will go unresponded to on their plate from the evening before. They're making that right call on, on what, what um, they're empowered to make the right call on when they need to take action, when they don't, regardless of whether it's weekend, nights, hours, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I, the one thing that I, I want to highlight that you said there was it's getting to know an individual. You didn't say, and I want to call attention to this, I ask them. Because as you mentioned previously, with a certain title, and if you are a manager or whatever your role may be out there, some folks may be intimidated and they may not be as honest as they'd like to, where it's, hey, I you know dedicate time in my evenings to spend with my family, mm -hmm. whether it's you know helping with homework, cooking dinner, walking the dog, whatever that may be. You mentioned that you specifically get to know them. And I think that's so important because some folks can give you a false answer. We see it in interviews all the time, right? I'm, I'm sure that Bertha can relate to this where someone says, you know, I'm a, a real self-starter or whatever. And then they get into a role and I'm not calling out anyone in, intentionally here, but they're not, right? They need a little bit more direction mm -hmm. and it would be beneficiary for everyone to be more honest, but we're all human, right? Yes. And I'm not holding that against anybody. JD, you had a question. Wait, wait, wait. I, oh. I want to I want to make one final yeah. comment on mm -hmm. on this, you know, like after hours crap or out of office or scheduled or or anything. I'll just say personally, for me, my I can breathe a sigh of relief. I don't feel I'm I'm like expected to respond in any immediate ways around 10 p.m. Um, and I feel like anything that comes in after 10 p.m. unless I see it and it is super urgent, I don't feel like I have to reply. I think I think 10 p.m. I don't know why 10 p.m. I think it's just based upon um, in a phenom environment, knowing when some of some of the people I work with, right, at a, at a VP or C level, also start to wind down their expectations, yeah. right. And as senior leaders, you you have some of that. There was a Slack message that came in last night around 11:30, 12 
p.m., it was not an urgent message. I did not reply. In fact, I still haven't replied to it <laughs> because it wasn't an urgent message. Um, so I, I re really do think a lot goes into it. But I, I start just relaxing around ten. I go, oh, okay. Yeah. I don't. I'm not. I'm not really expecting anything that I have to do right now. For those of you from the, the tri-state area, that reminds me of it's 10 p.m. Do you know where your children are, <laughs> right? It's 10 p.m. Do you know where your employees are? Do you know what you've done for the day? Um, but that's fair. I, I Mine is different, right? I will tell you that my decompress time probably is closer to nine, right? And and that's because my day is earlier. I'm not saying that you don't get up early or yep. anything in between, but it's important to, I think, be self-aware and have that knowledge of yourself, right? Mm -hmm. And there are circumstances where we'll answer slacks at different times and, and different things. I remember working into the wee hours of the night on I am Phenom a few yes. years ago, and I'm sure that we will again, right? Yes. And I'm excited for it, but neither here nor there. I appreciate you making that last comment. I want to get back to a question yes. that you posed earlier in the show, uh, which is, do you work for yourself or your, your company? And I think that's a provocative question to say the least. So I, I want you to, to talk about it a little bit more. Provocative. Yeah, you like that's a that's a This is like a right show there. ending question. <laughs> Town experience lunch <laughs> show is now is now gonna rapidly come to an end with this one. I'm joking. If, you, if, if this is in a clip, but we joked around about town experience live, town experience lunch, because what do people do for lunch breaks anymore? Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think the question is, do you work for yourself or do you work for a company? I, I want to hear from the audience on this one. I want to see some things in chat. Do you feel personally you work for yourself or do you feel you work for the company? I feel in the shift of our modern work day, our modern workforce, more and more individuals are in fact recognizing that everything they do, every ounce of energy they put into something actually is being investing in themselves. The grinding, the extra hours, the learning, the development, the taking on stretch projects, every single one of them is building value in themselves. And in return, that value is making them um, much more confident in their ability to go after their career or the roles they want to, get the salaries at which they strive to get, or regardless of just be a more accomplished worker and individual. But I, but, but I strongly feel that's what's changing. What's changing is individuals are recognizing that what they put into this, they're really going to get out of it, but they're doing it for themselves. They're not doing it just for the person that they're working for, the company they're working for. Yeah. Now, as I say all of that, I also want to recognize many times in every, any given day, I hear, well, I, I'm doing this so that like, so I'm doing this because you asked me to. I'm doing this because the company asked me to. I think that type of discussion is normal. Many times you feel you're doing something for someone else or for a company or for an activity. And you're like, well, I'm only doing this for that purpose. Yeah. Absolutely. Many times you're going to be in that situation, but the thought process is what's different. I may be doing this for you, Devin, because you asked me to do this show, but I'm getting value out of it. I'm learning to be a better speaker. I'm learning to look into the camera more closely when I speak into this, right? I'm learning to understand and be more agile with our, with our dialogue live. If I felt like I came on TXL because Devin made me do it, what am I getting out of it? Like, I don't have that right mental approach and attitude at that point. Yeah. But I think that is what's switching. And it's really, really encouraging because individuals recognize the more they invest in themselves, 
And that means doing on the job stuff. It means grinding on the job. It means taking on stretch projects is what makes them more accomplished and more valuable. And in return, they control their own destiny in life. I, I agree to that. And I see in the comment section, a, a lot of folks say it's a little bit of both, right? Uh, Sarah says that, Bertha says that, um, uh, Christinthia says that. I would agree. I think to put a bow on this yeah. and think of it from a recruitment perspective, what you just said, I 100% agree. We are working for ourselves. We're trying to be better. But when it comes to the things that aren't on your job description, right? When you sign up or when your position is agreed upon, the additional things you do from that makes you more valuable and you're doing for yourself, right? You are growing as a professional because it wasn't what you signed up for. And what you signed up for was what you're quote unquote doing for the company. You're working for the company. But if you're asked to take on a stretch goal, as you mentioned, or an additional task and add some of those tools to your tool belt, those skills to your resume, at the end of the day, the company, yes, benefits from it. But the byproduct of that is you can now benefit from it. You can keep a list. We talked about annual reviews a little bit earlier mm -hmm. of things that you did additionally, right? Of skills that you learned additionally. And all that's going to do is help you in the long run, right? And help you modernize your work. I think we talked last week. I'm going to mention it again because I love the episode. I want to plug uh, a conversation with chat and cheap chat GPT with Cliff, excuse me, um, and how AI technology is changing the workplace, that can help you in your day-to-day -day job, but it can also help make you invaluable down the line. I'm not saying that it's going to replace your work, but it can help you work faster so you can pick up some of those additional skills. So I loved that, JD, and I think you're absolutely right where you mentioned we are working for ourselves. At the end of the day, the byproduct of it is what our organization produces, what their mission is, what their purpose is. But to your point, when you mentioned 10 o'clock at the end of the day and you think, what have I accomplished? That's for you, yes. right? Feeling that sense of accomplishment, whether it's at 4.30 and you had a hell of a morning, right? Or a ton of things to do, or it's at 10 p.m. That feeling is yours. It's, it's no one else's. Well, you're keying on something. Everyone thinks the extra work you put in. I was forced to work to nine o'clock last night. How terrible. How terrible. It cut into my personal time. I should have been done by five. I already put in my eight hours of the day. Like this is BS. I shouldn't have to work in an environment that requires me to do this. Like that sometimes that is the feeling, right? People yeah. feel that way. But what I'm sharing with you is individuals that, that feel that way are not right or wrong. There, there is no one that is right or wrong. It's what's, what you're getting from it. But if you can, when you can think about and at the end of that time period, realize that you are a much stronger individual, you are much more capable. Now you can command where you go in your career and you won't feel it's dependent on someone else or something else. So all I'm saying is the grind, as we like to call it, is the payoff for you, right? It, it, it is the place that grind, by the way, you said it does not have to be the extra hours. You can get that from five hours of your workday. You do not have to get it from 10 hours of your workday. You get it from five hours of your workday. Um, but, but I think that modern workday and more towards the modern workforce, specifically to, to knowledge workers, it is all about what you're investing in yourself by taking on work, even if it feels like a grind at times. I think you're right. I, I love this conversation. I love the, the comments in the comment section. Thank you all for tuning in. 
Uh, and congratulations, you have all been entered for a chance to win I Am Phenom tickets. I'll reach out to the winner afterwards. Uh, unfortunately, somebody couldn't make it. My my Wizard of Oz in the background mm. who picks the winners couldn't make it today, JD. So I'm going to have to do that afterwards. Any final thoughts before we hop off? I love what we just ended on, but is there anything that you'd like to add? Um, a cherry on top, if you will. You, you know, usually I do. I have one. I don't really have one. <laughs> I don't really have one. I, I could tell you. One of my favorite episodes that we talked about before was an annual review, mm -hmm. right? And, and we talked about annual review process. I know a lot of companies right now and employees are going through their annual reviews. And that is a time of uncertainty to many individuals. Um, and, you know, what I would say is use that moment in the annual review. If you were not previously, if you were not getting regular feedback in discussions between your your leader or your manager in yourself if you were not talking about pay if you were not talking about your career throughout the year definitely the annual review is a good starting point to start that ongoing dialogue because as we talk about in the modern day or the modern workforce annual is almost irrelevant it is almost irrelevant it is consistent it is ongoing it is i guess what i would say is it's continuous feedback. It's a continuous review. But during this formal annual review process that most companies go, if you weren't getting it before in a consistent manner, it's a great time to start. Use that time to open up the dialogue with your manager. If you are a leader, if you manage people, use this time to break down that traditional, I do this once a year and get it going on a regular basis. Your teams, your workers, everyone involved with that will feel so much more, one, appreciated. Um, but it'll be so much more effective of helping groom and mentor those individuals that are involved. So I strongly recommend it's just that time of year to do it. For someone who didn't have any any final thoughts, that was a, that was a pretty good one. Um, I, I want to thank you, JD, for having this conversation with me. I want to stress to ev everyone in the audience, uh, there are no right ways to what we described. I think we are leveraging this as simply a way to start the conversation of what works for you and what works for your manager, right? Uh, there is no right way. Maybe there are policies yeah. within organizations. That's totally okay. But having these conversations is the only way to understand where folks on your team stand, how they feel about it, and what they are comfortable with at the end of the day. Um, you can see JD and I had some similar opinions, some differing, differentiating opinions, and I enjoyed the conversation. Um, with that being said, have a great weekend. See you next week. Talent Experience Live, of course, is proudly brought to you by the good folks here at Phenom, whose purpose is to help a billion people find the right job. Our intelligent talent experience platform, which helps candidates find the right roles faster, employees evolve in their current roles and beyond, recruiters achieve some next level productivity, and managers build better teams with data and analytics. And of course, all of this is powered by super slick artificial intelligence and machine learning. So head on over to phenom.com to learn more. While you're there, check out the promo for I am Phenom. It is right on the homepage. Don't be afraid to click on it. See who keynote speakers are going to be, see what session tracks are happening and everything in between, including networking and party.